Welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question. Is your sleep making you tired? I'm your host, O2 Tara Clancy. Join me each week for the stories, the science, and the solutions to help you banish counterfeit sleep and have more energy, increased productivity, and a reflection in the mirror you love. Go ahead and subscribe and you'll get each new episode as soon as it goes live. If your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. The Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, Season 1, Episode 14. Have you ever had the feeling that your drive has slipped into neutral? Or maybe you even feel like you're just stalling out completely. That's the core of the story you'll hear today. Our guest is Lisa Moeller, founder of Medmark LLC, an ever-expanding media company. Lisa's high energy and laser focus surely qualify her as a type A personality, but Lisa takes that one step further. She calls herself a triple A personality. So what does a triple A personality think and do when she starts falling asleep on her desk in the afternoons and can't remember the drive home? Listen to Lisa's compelling story and you recognize what's normal and what's not normal as we age. You learn some of the stranger symptoms of counterfeit sleep and perhaps most importantly, you identify how to avoid wasting time and money on your journey back to being you. Let's listen to Lisa's story now. Hi, Lisa, and welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast. Hi, Tara. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm happy to be here. Oh, you are very welcome. And I'm so excited to have you here to talk to today because I know a little bit about your story and, and it's a really interesting journey from especially what you ended up doing, uh, you know, at the, the end of it. Uh, so I'd really love, can you really start us in the beginning, you know, kind of where you were, you were at before you sort of discovered any counterfeit sleep problems, what you were sure. feeling like, you know, what a day was like for you? Sure. Well, sleep is one of my favorite topics and one of my biggest soapboxes. So if I start going on a rant, just interrupt me. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> that can happen. I'm very passionate about this topic for, for a lot of reasons. Um, my journey with sleep started, oh my goodness. Um, well, I say it started about 15 years ago um, when I was perimenopausal, you know, kind of my hormones were changing all of that. Um, I just wasn't feeling well. I, I didn't feel like myself. Um, I was falling asleep. I, I published four magazines with my marketing company. I was falling asleep at my desk at three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, it was just, I, I didn't know what was happening with me. I, I, I wasn't right. I didn't, I had brain fog. I just didn't feel right. I was tired all the time. I was cranky and crabby and and you, you had know, never, you had never experienced anything like that before. You didn't have like tired, general tiredness. Well, I mean, I'm very you. high energy. I I'm, I'm a very, I, I call myself type triple A. I mean, I'm very, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not type A, I'm triple A. Like I'm constantly going, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm on all the time. So, um, it was very noticeable in my life that I had something happening. 
and it didn't feel good. And I just, I'm like, I've got to get this fixed. So I went from doctor to doctor to doctor. They all wanted to prescribe me medication, right? Everyone wants Mm. to throw a pill at it. Um, They wanted to give me pills. They wanted to, um, you know, I just had so many crazy symptoms because when you don't sleep, when I found out, you know, which I'll tell you in a couple of minutes, how I found out, but I, you know, when you're, when you're not sleeping, obviously everything's off, right? Your brain, your, your organs, your, you know, just how you feel in general about 10 or 11 years ago, I actually fell out of bed at two o'clock in the morning with every symptom of a heart attack. Oh my God. Literally fell out of bed, gasping for air, sweating, nauseous, my arm, my left arm was numb. I was on my hands and knees, fell, literally fell out of the bed on my hands and knees. And I thought, oh my God, I'm dying. I'm dying. If this mm-hmm. is it. And I took a bunch of deep breaths and caught my air and I drove myself to the ER. This is before I was married. So I was, I was home alone. Scary. So scary. Drove myself to the ER and they said, they checked me out and they said, you had a panic attack. There's nothing wrong with your heart. There's nothing wrong. You know, you must've had a panic attack. And I'm like, it just, it didn't sound right. You know, I mean, this is, they weren't asking enough questions. These medical doctors were not asking enough questions. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so funny that you say that because we, we always talk about, you know, using what's called the X, Y, Z formula. So if you have problem X, ask why and make your primary suspect your Z's. Right. But not enough people are doing that yet. And in fact, that's the whole, my whole hope for this podcast to get people to say, whoa, I'm feeling this. Maybe it's my sleep. And, and the other thing then is um, you, you know, people do have an incredibly, uh, in, an incredible increase in risk of cardiovascular disease because of um, what we call sleep disordered breathing and, you know, right. sleep apnea and that. So, mm-hmm. you know, it all does go together. And, and, and so unfortunate that the ER doctor wasn't aware of that because then it kept you from figuring out the answer. So Again. Would, yeah. Yeah. I thought so, it was in my head. I thought, yeah. okay, now I'm having panic attacks. Okay, great. You know, so I knew my body well enough to know that something was wrong I and mean, something was definitely going wrong. And I just, you know, I'm just like, I, I, I'm a driver. I just push through. Like I said, I'm AAA. I just push through my medical issues, my conditions, my not feeling well. I mean, I just work through all of it and I'm a workaholic. So, you know, that wasn't helping matters at all. So um, fast forward to, I go to, I finally end up at a chiropractor's office because my back was killing me. I filled out his, his paperwork. It was my first visit. I filled out an Epworth test. I've never had this test before. It's a 10 question quiz regarding sleep. Filled that out, w- sat in the room in my little, you know, gown waiting for him to come in and, you know, to do an exam. And he comes in, he says, I'm not going to crack your back. I'm not touching your back today. You have sleep apnea and you have obstructive sleep apnea. And I said, I'm like, what? I'd never heard of it. I didn't know what it was. Um, and he's like, I have it. I know you have it. I can tell just by looking in your eyes, you have it, go get a test. And I'm not going to touch your back because that's what's going on with you. So I'm like, okay, fine. So I was willing to do anything. So I went and did this overnight sleep test 
And lo and behold, they hook you up to all the lovely, you know, wires and cords and watch you sleep and listen to you 24, you know, 24 seven while you're sleeping at night and record everything. So 27 times an hour, I was waking up out of sleep. So you can imagine if you're trying to go to sleep. Yeah. Let me say something Mm -hmm. there that for people that um, are wondering, um, you're, you're, you don't necessarily uh, and usually don't wake up fully. You're not aware of how many times you'll be pulled out of this deep sleep and into, you know, another stage of sleep, Um, but you won't necessarily be aware of it. And that's the real danger of sleep apnea in terms of, you know, you're like, no, I sleep all night. I don't wake up. But just because you're sleeping, that's why we call it counterfeit sleep. In fact, because like in my case, I would, um, I would go to sleep at, at 10, I would wake up at six. I felt great, you know, perfect. And then sometime around 1130, 12 o'clock, I needed a nap, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and meanwhile, yeah. if my sleep, if I had been getting real sleep, I would have been able to go through the day, but I never questioned it. You know, I just thought this is the way I run. I'm just a napper. That's why it's a, you know, so wonderful that the dental community and like through your magazine, as you mentioned, dental sleep practice, there's a way for dentists to realize that they're really in the perfect position to be able to help people recognize that they're getting counterfeit sleep, right? Because they're yes. literally looking in your mouth. They can see what's happening with your teeth. They can see if you have any kind of inflammation or other things in the back that would make airflow difficult. Um, and yes. so hopefully through, you know, through your magazine, through all the uh, airway health dentists that are speaking through this podcast, through my book that I'm writing. Ask yourself today's most important health and wellness question. Is your sleep making you tired? Go to isyoursleepmakingyoutired.com and get your copy today. Hopefully through all these things, we will help more dentists get to be able to become aware of this problem and be able to help people start to say, hey, maybe I should be asking my dentist about this and then sort of promote it that way as well. And let me say just to just quickly before I forget um, that it's a misnomer that um, that OSA and its sleep relating sleep related issues um, belong to like 350 pound hairy men, truck drivers and NFL football players. It is a misnomer. It, it's any age, any size, children, women, men. Um, it doesn't discriminate. And, you know, women, again, my soapbox, women, perimenopausal, menopausal age, we go through changes in our body that are drastic. And part of that is also how we breathe. And so that needs to also get looked at um, because I, they really dropped the ball on me there. So I have to say that as well. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll share this because since you brought it up, it's a good time. Even if you have been the healthiest breather as a female, you've always had great breathing, you've always had great sleep. Once you become menopausal, your muscles are affected because of the hormonal changes. So even if you were able to keep your airway open during sleep before menopause, there's a really big increase in your risk of not being able to keep it open during your sleep. So it's yes. kind of like what well, you, Lisa, if all of a sudden you're like, I'm just not feeling like myself, 
you know, keep going, keep going to the professional that is going to be able to say, hey, I think it may be this. And, and, and oftentimes, Lisa, at least in my experience, it is the alternative um, kind of practitioners or the ones who are um, willing to look beyond the, you know, traditional medical model to say, you know, there may be something beyond what we've been trained in school. Uh, let's, let's look into it. So if, if you're not- We have to be with, our own advocates. Uh, we have to be totally. the squeaky wheel with any doctor that we're going to, it doesn't matter it, it, sleep apnea or not, or oh, you know, sleep related issues or not. We have to be our own advocate for our well, own health. Well said, yeah. well said. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. So, okay, right, so, so back to me. your question, yeah, sorry. Yeah, um, that's good. Yeah, I no, go off good. on tangents, I told you. Um, <laughs> so- <laughs> I'm very passionate about this topic. You can tell. <laughs> so, so, um, so the first line when someone is, is looking at sleep apnea that they're going to, um, to give you is the, the CPAP. And that is the machine that forces the air down your throat and you wear the mask and you look like Darth Vader and yeah, yeah. you, you know, that's so everybody knows what the, from collapsing, yes, it keeps right? the airway from that's collapsing and forces the air down. And then they have some really good machines out there right now that will adjust um, the air accordingly to how you're sleeping and how you're breathing. I'm yeah, not going to, I mean, let me talk, I'm not going to yeah. down those machines. There's, they're amazing. Um, however, for people with um, certain AHIs that have like a, a mild to moderate um, form of sleep apnea, they can use a, an oral appliance and an oral appliance therapy. It's OAT for short. Um, there's a ton of them out there on the market. There's a lot of really good ones. Um, and I use, uh, I use one. Well, I get them all because I'm in the business, right? So I've been, I've been fortunate enough to test a lot of the appliances and um and I use it every single night. And it was so great because, I mean, let's face it, a CPAP isn't the most convenient thing in the world. You have to bring it when you travel and, you know, it's really not convenient. Yeah. Uh, so the little oral appliance is like a little kind of a retainer that you put in your mouth, uppers and lowers, and just fits in there. And um, you can get fitted at your dentist for it. Um, you do need a, a prescription uh, uh, from a doctor, from a medical doctor saying that you have a need for this. And then the dentist can uh, fit you for the oral appliance. And it's very, it's a very easy procedure, very painless. Yeah. It's just like get, getting impressions and yeah. it's a custom and, fit appliance that you right. wear every night. And what it does is it, it basically pulls your lower jaw forward and you could even Correct. experiment with it a little bit if you're listening and just feel what happens when you pull your lower jaw forward, you'll, you'll air will move more readily. So if that's where your problem is when you sleep, if that's where your airway is collapsing, that will be, you know, a game changer for you. If right. you listen to um, uh, uh, episode with Christine, that is one of our earlier ones, I think it's episode three. She uh, talks about it. It's like you said before, Christine is very petite, you know, very slim. And here she had a form of, uh, you know, of sleep apnea and, ultimately got the, um, the oral appliance therapy uh -huh. and, and cried the first night when she, she woke up after her first night of good sleep in, in, in decades. And she told me, and I cried because I just felt so good. So oh, yeah, it's so, true. Yeah. When you so get a, my first good night's sleep, I, 
I was like, oh my gosh, I ha- actually had a dream I could remember. Oh, and I was dreaming again. And, yeah. you know, this, I was in my sleep cycles and I felt like a new person. Yeah. I remember so. my first dream too. I woke up and it was like one of those weird ones where you're like, you're driving in a car on the country road and I'm with my sister, but she's wearing like some kind of animal mask. And I'm sitting saying, why is she wearing an <laughs> animal mask? And as now I'm awake and I'm like, boy, that was a weird dream. And then it's like, wait a minute, I had a dream. Oh my goodness. And that's a really <laughs> great sign, right? If you, if you can say to yourself, yes. see, I don't remember the last time that I had a dream, then that is a really good indicator that you may not be cycling through the sleep cycles as you, uh, the sleep stages as you need to. I actually yes. have a, a website, a quiz on my website where you can look for the signs of counterfeit sleep. So if you haven't checked that out, go and see, you know, check it out because there's so many different signs and everybody presents a little differently depending upon what their kind of, you know, quote unquote weakest link is. So mm-hmm. check that out. So, wow. So that's great us. that so you, you have that. Yeah. Yeah. So Lisa, you, 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 um, you know, you figured the problem out, you started getting treatment and has your life or how really has your life been different since you started to oh. get to sleep that really is essential? It was, it was an unrecognizable <laughs> me, um, humongous difference in just how I was uh, reacting to the world, my husband, my life, you know, um, participating in life again. I mean, I, it was all I could do to just trudge through the day. The best way I could say it in an article, I was, I was featured in an article, um, in first for women magazine. And I told them that I was, I was trudging through mud. I felt like every day I was like literally trying to take steps through, you know, trudging through mud and that went away. Um, and I I had my energy back again and I could think clearly and I could make decisions and I could focus. And, um, I was, not grouchy, <laughs> grumpy, yes. much easier to live with, uh, if you ask my husband. Um, so it just, I mean, really it changed everything. It, it really did. I it just, sleep is my favorite thing. I mean, it just is my, it, it always has been my favorite thing, but it kind of, uh, it kind of turned against me there for a minute, <laughs> you know, right. till I, till I figured it out. But, you know, now, when I found out that I was, when I got diagnosed, I found out and I did start doing some research and I found out that, you know, my mom has it, my dad had it and my brother has it. So it's very, very much a, you know, a hereditary thing. It can be not always, but it can be. Um, and you know, it's just, so once I figured out and did all the research, cause I'm digging in and of course, you know, then I'm starting a magazine on it. And uh, giving my opinion more times than anyone asks, you know, <laughs> regarding this topic. Yeah, but I think so. I think that's so natural because once all of a sudden you you become aware of it and you you change it and and your life is transformed, you want to share that, right? You yes. want to help other people. Yes, uh, and, I mean, and- I've literally I've literally been at dinner parties where I've had you know one of my girlfriends say, "I've been diagnosed with sleep apnea." And, but I'm not going to treat it. I, I'm not going to wear a CPAP and I'm not going to get it. I'm like, there's other alternatives out there. You don't have to go to CPAP. I'm not going to do that. It's just too much trouble. I'm like, well, get prepared to die probably 10 years early. I mean, I mean, cause I, that's, what's going to happen. Yeah. And when I work with clients and they'll say, you know, sometimes most of the time will be people who have no idea, but if it is somebody who has been diagnosed with sleep apnea and they don't want to wear the sleep CPAP, the first thing I say is, listen, 
put it on because you, you know, you are definitely shortening your life and, and making it um, into uh, less than enjoyable along the way. And there yeah. are things, you know, I mean, anybody who's diagnosed, they really need to do breath work for sure to um, correct that. And there are ways, depending upon where you start, it is possible to get off the CPAP machine, and, you know, as you kind of fix your lifestyle, um, you know, kind of situation and stuff. But hands yes. down, if until you do that work, use the CPAP because it is your, it's like your life, uh, you know, your life. It really is. Yeah. And the other thing I say to people too, when you start, um, if this is brand new to you and you start thinking, oh my gosh, do I really have a, a, you know, a sleep problem that's based on my breathing? Like it can be completely overwhelming because I know that was the case for me when I first found out about it. But what, what I always encourage people to think is that it, it really, uh, it can be overwhelming, but look at it as also the beginning of the new you, because now you have a reason for all the other little problems that you're dealing with. And so instead of having 15 different things to try to manage, you actually have one to mm-hmm. really try to conquer. And that, uh, that I think can help make it a little bit easier. And then, like you said, Lisa, once you start getting that sleep, the energy, like physically, mentally, emotionally, all of that, the payoff is tremendous. So I, I, I say, yeah, go ahead. And- well, it, ju- it just opens up your brain for, you know, I mean, I, I was, I, I use the analogy that I was completely out of gas. I was completely on empty with no gas station in sight. Yeah, I mean, yeah. none. And yeah. that's how it felt. And once you gas up and you get, you know, you're feeling better and you open up all this, all this mental energy and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Well, uh, let me ask you um, our, the last question that I always like to ask everybody. So knowing what you know, and especially being as passionate as you are about sleep and everything, tell me what would you put on a billboard Oh, I have so many little snippets I could think of. Never give up mm. on your health. Never give up on your health. That's Never. I mean, your, your health, I mean, know, again, know your worth um, is another, another one of my, is another one of my phrases, know your worth. Yeah. Um, because if we I'm, really know our worth and we truly love ourselves inside, we're not going to let a random doctor tell us there's nothing wrong with us. When yeah. we know we're listening to our gut, and our gut is telling us, and especially as women, the old intuition, yeah. that something's wrong. And if your intuition is telling you something's wrong, something prob- something's probably wrong. I agree. So you have to, you know, be the squeaky wheel and don't, don't give up on your health. It's, it's, if we don't have that, if we've all learned anything in this pandemic, it's that our health is everything, right? Absolutely. And, <laughs> and it's just, it's everything. It, nothing else matters if we don't have it. Yeah. I love that. Never give up on your health too, because what, what happens so many times is, is people, well, two things. One, they'll say, it's just how I am. It's just, it's just, you know, something I deal with, you know, or I guess I'm just getting older, you know, and both of those are really like giving up. And so, you know, stick with it, never give up on your health and you can. Well, I was getting, I was getting conditioned to, to live in a way that, um, I was giving, I was getting conditioned to live in a way that I was just accepting. Absolutely. And, and, and I'm like, okay, well, if this is this, I guess this is getting older, like what you just said, you know, I guess this is just getting, you know, this is my mid forties. I guess this is the way it's going to be. This is 48 or whatever it was. 
Um, and we just, we just, we forget what it's like to feel good. Yeah. And that's a very dangerous, scary, sad place that most people live in. Right. Just that I'm okay feeling like crap. And I guess this is the best it's going to be. And I'm going to live out the rest of my life like this, but our lives are so short, you know, our lives are so short and we should live them healthy and happy and with energy and, you know, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I am in complete agreement. So Lisa, you've had this experience with counterfeit sleep and you also have a very successful publication to help dentists who want to help patients with similar challenges. Can you tell us about it? Um, the, our magazine is Dental Sleep Practice, and it is, um, it's geared towards dentists, but there's a lot of medical articles in there as well. Our goal this year is to really, um, is to really bring the medical community into our publication more um, because the, the med- medical doctors and the dentists really need to kind of work uh, more together um, and simultaneously to help diagnose and, and treat this condition. So that's I one of our agree. goals this year. And I brought, we brought some really um, good national attention to, to sleep-related breathing disorders by, I've had Shaquille O'Neal on the cover. Um, Tony Robbins has been on the cover. Um, so anytime there's a public figure that can talk about it and get the information out there, it's, that's been amazing. So Absolutely. I'm super happy with that. That's wonderful. Yeah. And so is it, um, just give them the, um, the listeners, the address where they would find that dentalsleeppractice.com. Okay, perfect. Well, I thank you so much, Lisa, for coming on with us today. Thank you. And I look forward to connecting with you again, since we're both so passionate about. Oh my gosh. Yes, Tara. I would love it. When you're ready for your aha moment, when you're ready to have more energy, increased productivity, and a reflection in the mirror you love, go to counterfeitsleep.com and take the counterfeit sleep screening. That ends this episode of the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question, is your sleep making you tired? Follow us to get the stories, the science, and the solutions to help you take your counterfeit sleep journey and leave us a review to help other people find us. Thank you. And remember, if your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.